0: Hi everyone. Welcome to Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie Uncensored. We have officially moved to Patreon. Here's a sneak peek of Dishing Drama with Dana Wilkie. Come on, bitch, 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 let's go. (laughs) So I hope you had a great week. And as you guys know from last Sunday's episode, I was... Really wanting to address the misconception that a narcissist with a woman is like a relationship that's gone bad. If someone is truly a narcissist, as you will come to find out in today's show, they have a mental disorder where they lack complete empathy for people. It's not like they can control it. And in addition to that, they can't fix it. And so it's a really serious thing when you have a true narcissist on your hands. Today, I've invited on the show narcissistic abuse, both survivor as well as therapist, Vanessa Riser. She just wrote a book about narcissistic abuse. And I asked her with all of these conversations we've been having about narcissists, Why there seems to be such an overlapping theme. Because I had contacted her in some of the coverage that I was doing on different celebrities and podcasters and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and New Jersey celebrities uh, that might be narcissists because they show signs of it. I mean, when I say that, I don't mean like narcissistic attributes. I mean, really, a real narcissist. So I contacted Vanessa Riser because I said to her, I don't understand why we keep seeing these themes of like strangulation and... Uh, love bombing and ghosting and it's, and weird fetishes and perversions that all seem to be similar. I was like, is this like a cookie cutter mental disorder where they're all doing the same grift? And, you know, I was shocked as you're going to hear in today's episode. It turns out that narcissistic abusers all have the same type of behavior. Literally cookie cutter. So if you think you've been with a narcissist or you just want to avoid dating a narcissist and don't have your life nuked like me, because unfortunately, if you're with a narcissist and you get into a certain level with them, almost every woman and man ends up the same with their life imploding by the person, then you're going to really want to listen to today's episode because we're going to be talking about... Some of the abuse that I experienced, she experienced, and also how it applies to the Cassandra interview that I had over the last two weeks about crazy days and nights and her experience with NT. And also Army Hammer, Jim Bob Duger, and his son Josh Duger. You remember them. 19 kids and counting. They were on that reality show for TLC. It turns out that there's such a thing called one-on-one cults. Okay. And what this is, is that narcissists enroll very similar to a cult, which is really, you're going to learn more about this on this episode, but it's fascinating. So today, by the end of the episode, you're going to hear narcissistic themes as it's applied to Cassandra's interview over the last two weeks. So you can understand you know how they apply in your relationship. Because I guarantee if you're with a narcissist, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, that's happening to me. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, you're going to hear about some personal experiences we've had. And then we're going to be talking about some celebrity narcissists in here and, and how their versions of these same behaviors manifested in their world and what is a one-on-one cult and enrollment and all this stuff. It's really fascinating stuff. And what's funny is I found out in today's show without giving too much a way that a lot of narcissists end up doing things like politics or being lawyers or doctors. Real Housewives of Miami might be ringing a bell in some of my Bravo fans' uh, heads right now as I say that. Um, Someone call Lisa Hoxstein and have her listen to this episode. And really quickly to my patrons that are listening to this episode, please make sure you listen to Tuesday's audio where I talk about Josh Duger and in what way he is a narcissist and how it relates to the secret society generation, Joshua, and their agenda using social media. Oh my gosh, you can't believe what's happening behind the scenes. But I just wanted to give a shout out to that bonus audio to my patrons because it's going to go really great with today's show. All right, let's get into it. Come on, bitch, bitch, let's go. (laughs) Hi, Vanessa. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. I really appreciate you coming on the show today to help me with kind of understanding better narcissistic abuse characteristics and some themes that were pretty shocking that Cassandra and Enti had. Just to preempt it, uh, Vanessa's listened to the part one, episode 167. And she also got a note sheet of all the themes that you guys uh, heard in part two, once episode 168. So she's up to speed on all of that. And uh, so I'm going to talk about some of the themes, et cetera. And, and Vanessa is going to help us with her expert understanding Of narcissistic abuse. Uh, But before I begin this, Vanessa, would you tell me a little bit about your new book? How exciting. Yeah. So I wrote a book after
1: my run across New York in a wedding dress. One of my best friends who is a literary agent was pitching that story. um, And I got a book deal by Hachette, who's one of the top four publishing companies. So I'm super proud. I've been working on that book for the last year or so. And basically, in a nutshell, it fuses the concepts of narcissistic abuse and cult abuse, um, because when you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you are in a cult of one. Um, We see this in small cults, with Manson and the Stolen Youth cult. So my goal is to provide an understanding to people about mind control and some of the characteristics that are paralleled in a cult of one or a cult of many.
0: God, that's so interesting and absolutely true. Even the enrollment in that is like a cult, because uh, as you guys all know, I, I cover secret societies and cults and all that in the Patreon. So I'm quite familiar with several uh, cults, unfortunately. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, I can't wait to read your book. I will read it. Hopefully you can sign a copy for me.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. Happy to.
0: Awesome. All right. So let's get started. One of the themes that Cassandra mentioned in her experience with Crazy Days and Nights Entity was that she felt like he, in the beginning, was love bombing her and offering her a dream life. And he kept pitching this dream that they were going to have together down the road. And he also did it with the children because she has three children, two of which had disabilities. And so he he would do all these really special things like pick out food at the grocery store and have a delivered Instacart specially for her daughter, who is nonverbal, and, you know, pitched her like this beautiful life they were going to have together. Meanwhile, of course, he's married with two kids and not separated from his wife back in California. So it's just all fantasy, but he's not pitching it like fantasy. He's pitching it like it's real. <laughs> So what do you think of that first?
1: Yeah. So, you know, while I cannot diagnose um, anyone that I haven't met, it seems as if anytime you're in a relationship with somebody and it seems like it's too good to be true, or there's this over the top expression of love and all of these kind of future fakey gifts and things that they say to you, that love bombing is definitely one of the first characteristics that we see when you're dealing with somebody who has a pathological personality disorder. So that checks.
0: And what is that about? Why did narcissists do that? What is the manipulation there? Well,
1: everything for them is transactional. So all of their relationships, whether they are business or Quote unquote friendships, they have to be in transactions. So in ways they try to own their victims. And, and one of the ways that they can do that is kind of leverage this, like, well, I did this for you um, later on. So they're, they're heavy with the gift giving so that they can kind of pressure you into behaving the way they want you to get you to fall in line. Um, but the love bombing um, is definitely in the beginning and then it still happens throughout the relationship. So we find this after a fallout or an argument that the love bombing starts again in the cycle of abuse. So love bombing isn't just at the beginning of the relationship and love bombing is, it's important to also understand love bombing by itself doesn't stand alone. Love bombing only becomes love bombing when the devaluing starts so love bombing is very different from someone just giving you gifts and and sort of being kind to you. Um, it's when the devaluing starts that you begin to identify love bombing for what it is, which is a level of
0: manipulation. So she mentions that he kept saying he wanted to protect her, protect her, protect her. And so she kind of became shocked when the relationship was or changed to be abusive, even physically in the sack, which I'm going to tell you about in a minute, uh, because it transitions from like sexual play that's more traditional to him wanting to choke her allegedly in the bedroom. And I know you're not treating N.T., please, obviously, please tell me what you think about choking and why the transition from protecting her to wanting to physically hurt her in the bedroom.
1: Well, they vacillate between the savior and the villain on purpose. This is one of the manipulation tactics. But um, it's also important to identify choking as being different than strangulations. Choking is something you do if you eat something bad and you begin to choke. Strangulation, I wrote a, a whole bunch about on, in my book about strangulation specifically. It is either the or one of the largest predictors of homicide. <laughs> So anytime a client comes to me and tells me they were strangled, all kinds of, I get a a lot of alerts go on in my mind because I know the data surrounding strangulation. We saw this with Gabby
0: Petito. Coroner says that Gabby Petito was strangled. We also just learned she most likely died up to a month before her body was found in mid-September. Now, these details could shift the investigation as the manhunt continues for her fiance, Brian Laundrie
1: Um, and others. And this is a really interesting piece it's that they know that this is not as easy to identify as an assault the way they might could be you know viewed if they had a black eye or something like this so they are very kind of careful about where any physical marks might be left right so sometimes we see this with pinching hair pulling poking pushing and other things but strangulation is the one of the greatest predictors of homicide so it's really scary when i hear about strangulation
0: Yeah. She said that she wasn't sure to really feel threatened or not. It was so confusing for her you know, he'd say to her, I guess, like, I want to kill you and things like that. And that turned him on in some way. Uh, That's how she kind of explained it to me. So I was trying to, you know, understand that that's so extreme.
1: Yeah, I mean, the psychopaths, sociopaths, or narcissists will um, be aroused by inflicting pain in some cases, um, because they don't feel a lot. I know um, they will utilize sex as a way to feel anything or, or murder. We saw this with Jeffrey Dahmer, who was just sort of expressing that people leaving him, um, he would he would feel he would feel like he was being abandoned. Jeffrey Dahmer picks him up and invites him to come over to the house. And Stephen Hicks does. They are sitting and talking. Jeffrey is attracted to him. And Now Stephen Hicks wants to leave. What's important here is when Stephen wanted to leave, Jeff didn't want to be abandoned again. His father abandoned him. His mother abandoned him. So he didn't want Stephen. Plus he had these fantasies of killing. So it's a perfect storm. Um, But they don't feel a lot. So a lot of times they will go to great lengths to feel anything. They just don't feel much.
0: And so how do you think starvation played into this at all? She complains that one of his fetishes was for her not to eat all day. And then at the end of the day, he would tell her when to eat and he would make her wait, you know, so she was starving.
1: This is a very standard tactic with narcissists and cult leaders to manage the victims intake is in terms of food. So sometimes they will overfeed or underfeed their victims just as a matter of control. They really love this idea. It makes them feel powerful that they, wouldn't, that they could control something that is so intimate to people. Think about, you know, what is more intimate than, you know, ingesting something. So they are very, um, it's a theme that they want to manage that and they, you know, you know, even to the extent of poisoning, they really feel a lift if they are able to control their victims. So this is just a really high level version of control.
0: And he kept wanting to get her pregnant. He kept saying, I'm trying to get you pregnant. Why won't you just let me get you pregnant, 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 pregnant. So what is that?
1: Definitely control, you know, and while I don't know him, it sounds like a standard thing that narcissists will use, which is getting people married, getting engaged, having a baby, buying a house, you know, sort of turning up that dial because they they can see that if you're willing to do that, that they will be able to basically control everything about you. Nothing is is um, easier to exploit than, you know, having a child with a narcissist and particularly a special needs child. This is like the chef's kiss you know, cause they do this for sport, but pregnancy, I often hear as something that gets exploited by toxic people.
0: Wow. Uh, well, she even asked him at a certain point, is this like about BDSM for you? Or like, I don't understand where this is coming from. And he was like, no, this is not about BDSM. Like I actually really want to do this. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. Mm. Um, All right. He also lies to her pathologically. So he and he, you know, pretends in the beginning that he doesn't have a wife. Then it graduates to he does have a wife, but she's an alcoholic and he's leaving her. Then he graduates from that to I've moved down the street And she's just close by, but none of this is really happening. Okay, just saying, like, the wife is with him the whole time at the house or whatever. That's what Cassandra later finds out. And in fact, the wife is supposedly at rehab at a certain point, but really, I guess she's with him traveling around Europe on and off, you know, on vacation. And the wife says that he's done this kind of cheating with multiple women when Cassandra finally talks to Enti's wife. So my question for you is, what is the deal with the pathological lying?
1: I believe that people who have these kinds of disorders learn at a very young age that when they lie that and it gets believed that they can continue to do that. And it actually works really well. I mean we see this with certain political leaders where they can get and rise to the top, I mean CEOs just on a grift, on a lie. Jeffrey Epstein was like I think his resume said he did all kinds of shit he never did, like attended, you know, schools he never attended. Um, you know, going to Wharton doesn't mean you parked at Wharton one day and you know left your car there. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> like But they do sort of figure out at a young age that if they lie and then they kind of cover up with another lie, that they can kind of get things that they want. And so this seems to be out of the playbook is to just lie all the time. You know, you and I might could say, like, how do they sleep at night? But they really do not give a shit about anything. So. It's nothing off their back to just lie. And then, you know, if you get caught, yeah, it's covered up in another lie. So it's very standard.
0: I was a lost soul. You know? For the full scoop, join the Dishing Drama Dana Patreon. The link is in this audio description. It's only $6 a month and you'll get the best information and tea about the things you care about. And even the things you don't know you care about. What are you waiting for?